Well, let me welcome to the program right now, Deborah Johnson. Deborah is the director of the Seattle campus of Encounter, uh, this school of ministry. Welcome to the program, Deborah. Thanks, Tom. Deborah, I can't believe it. I, I think I've known you for, well, at least 20 years, probably even longer than that, maybe going on 20-ish, 25 years almost. It's been a long time. Yeah, probably you about know what that the, long. You know what that means, I, I can tell you what that means. What, you know what that what means? What does that mean? It means we're getting old. What? So. <laughs> <laughs> and full of wisdom. Thank you. Hopefully. I'm going to tell Carrie yeah. that you said that I'm full of wisdom because she says sometimes I'm full, but wisdom isn't typically the, the word that is following after full of wisdom. So I will. Well, that's the first word that came to my mind. You were definitely led by the spirit in that. So I like this. Deborah, you can be on all the time. I love this. So. I'm just teasing. Oh, okay. Deborah, it is great to talk to you. It, it, sincerely, we have known each other for a whole bunch of years, all the way back, I think, to, um, was it, uh, was it Immaculate Conception? It was um, uh, the other parish in, in Everett. Our Lady Perpetual Help? Yeah, Perpetual Help. Thank you. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's probably where I first met you, yeah. and that was when you were very involved in WWCCR, Western Washington Catholic Charismatic Renewal. And... Um, your life journey has taken you not only deeper into the Catholic faith, but has also, in a certain way, I think, been marked in a very deep way by the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Is that fair? I would say that is fair. From my um, conversion uh, at 35, I was definitely marked by the powerful presence of knowing God was with me. Oh, what a beautiful way of saying it, knowing that God is with you. What does that, what did that mean? How did that, like, what was the difference in your life between you uh, before you had this awakening of faith or this coming to faith or this discovery of the Catholic faith? And one way of describing the fruits of it is that you knew that God was with you. What, what did, what difference did that make? What was that, what was the concrete difference it made in your life to know that God was with you? You know, when you go through different times in your life and um, I wasn't a Christian and going through difficult times and you throw out a prayer, you know, like uh, God help me, or I can't take this, or this is too much. And then in that, in that, you know, word in that statement, then having this sense of, a lifting of that burden or a lightening of that burden and, and just becoming really aware that, wow, that's amazing. You know, I just threw out those words and um, something shifted and then went to a healing mass years ago at Immaculate Conception in Arlington. This is like 25 years ago. And um, the priest just said, you know, pray for your intention. So throughout the mass, he just said, okay, so pray for your intention at this point. And he said, you know, God can do anything, but oftentimes he chooses to heal your heart. And so I thought, okay, God heal my heart. And not that I had anything wrong with my heart or that I had any awareness that, you know, that we all struggle and have wounding in our heart. 
Um, but in that, in that simple prayer, uh, when I went up later and he prayed for me, I experienced heat, warmth in my heart. And I knew as I knew as I knew in that moment that he heard me, that he was with me, and something just shifted. I mean, right then and there. It was, I just became really aware that what I think and what I say, um, that he's here, that he's present with me. And it just kind of set me on a journey of conversation and drawing closer to this God that I really did not know who he was. But that was the impetus I knew. It was at the Catholic Church, and I knew that God was calling me to the Catholic Church. Wow. Deborah, I love how you describe that, because uh, I've had the privilege of praying with people for over 30 years now. And what I've come to uh, in terms of like coming to a level of insight into um, where is God's power at work in praying for people, praying with people for uh, healing, often the biggest healing is in some ways circling around what you just said, that when I know through the experience of God's presence that he is with me, even if the condition doesn't go away, the physical condition, the emotional, the memory, the, the, the spiritual condition, uh, the, the physical ailment, even if that doesn't change tangibly on that spot, there is such power, there is such healing power in knowing that what I'm going through, I'm not going through alone. And in fact, it's in what I'm going through that he has chosen or willed to meet me, to, to actually meet me. And that makes all the difference. What, what, do you, what do you think about that? I think that's absolutely true. I think it's in those moments where it's exactly that. I realized with no, nothing of my knowing, you know, um, I didn't, I wasn't raised in that, but it was just his meeting me where I was that did allow me to walk. You know, it was grace. I mean, now I have words to go with it, but at the time it was just, um, it, it, it was a, a, a burden that was lifted and his presence that gave me hope that, um, yeah, it just filled me with joy and a knowing that I wasn't on a journey by myself. You know, Deborah, it's it, it, when people are hearing this and they hear about this idea of experience God's presence, it can seem somewhat, I want to call it misty, right? There's a lot of like people using sprinklers in this hot weather. Thanks be to God, we have some hot weather. Um, but when you have sprinklers... Yes you have the kind of misty water that kind of washes over you and it feels good, but it's just sort of a generalized presence. Um, and that's not what I'm talking about. 
And I don't think that's what you're talking about. Right. Uh, I'm talking about a no. personal presence. There's this sense of what you said. He knows me. He sees me. He has heard my cry. He is responding in a personal mode that reaches out to me, reaches into the core of my being, and there is manifesting something about who I am in his sight and who he intends to be with me right now. He, he wants to show me that he, the living Lord, has healing purposes for my life circumstances, for my condition. And if I am open to him, I just might become overwhelmed, even shocked with the generosity that he manifests in my life by, yes, healing my memories that burden me, healing my emotions that are so wounded, healing me of traumas, things that have triggered me for years and that have restrained me and restricted me in ways that I couldn't even imagine. And now I'm unbound and set free. Oh, and yes, even physically healing me from ongoing things that I had no expectation after all the attempts that I've made to address these things, he now surpasses them as a divine physician and actually brings me physical healing. That's the God I'm talking about. Yes. Amen. So that is De- the God that we're talking about. So Deborah, what does that have to do with encounter? I'm here having you on today because of something called a school of ministry that is sponsored by uh, an initi- a ministry initiative, a Catholic apostolate called Encounter. And this Encounter School of Ministry is utterly Catholic. And yet, I think it has quite a bit to do with the experience that you and I have just talked about. So talk. first of all, introduce the folks that are listening right now to Encounter. And we're going to talk and invite you listening folks, if you're in Western Washington, to come and see and even sign up for and attend the Encounter School of Ministry. But let's start at the beginning. What is Encounter and the Encounter School of Ministry? So Encounter School of Ministry is a two-year ministry program that takes place at St. Stephen the Martyr in Renton. And it's been birthed out of Encounter Ministries out of Brighton, Michigan. That's where the, the head ministry, the main campus is. Uh, in the fall, they will have 23 campuses around the world. But this school is so beautifully unique. It is, it is authentically Catholic. It has gone through um, a curriculum review by five theologians who really scrutinize the curriculum. It uses scripture, uh, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, the saints, Uh, And it looks at, in in year one, there are four quarters, and it all starts with identity and transformation, which is in quarter one. And it's about knowing who we are and whose we are. And when we know that we were created in the image and likeness of God, and that he is with us, that he is for us, that he is the good shepherd, and that we are his sheep, and that we can hear his voice, it changes everything. And so it's beautiful that it starts off with identity and transformation. When we know who we are, it transforms how we think. And then we go into quarter two, which is hearing God's voice and the prophetic gifts of the Holy Spirit. So prayer, conversation with the Lord, is when we hear God's voice for ourselves. 
prophecy or the prophetic gift of the Holy Spirit is when we hear God's voice for others. So if we can hear God for ourselves and we have conversations with the Lord, when we meet someone or we're moved by the Spirit uh, about someone that may be uh, the barista when we're getting our coffee or our waiter or waitress at the restaurant, and God you know, gives us a knowing or a sense, a, a word of knowledge, and we share it with someone, you know, uh, is your name, you know, Sharon, or, you know, whatever it is that God puts on our heart, and you start to share and step out in faith and risk being wrong uh, for the sake of growing in these gifts that God is giving us and what they talk about in the scriptures. So uh, then we gain confidence, and then in quarter three, it's power and healing. So we know that all every time that the Lord um, prayed for someone to be healed in the Bible, they were healed. No one was ever not healed that Jesus prayed for. So if God can do that, and he says in John um, 14, 12, that I'm going to the Father, greater things will you do in my name. So if, if he left us with that, and he raised the dead and made the blind to see and the lame to walk and the deaf to hear, and greater things will we do, then in his name, we can step out in faith because we hear him and we know that we are his, we belong to him, he lives and dwells within us, then we're going to pray for others that God might heal them. And uh, then it moves into quarter four, inner healing and freedom. So we all have wounds that we carry in life. We're broken people. Uh, but God is so full of mercy and kindness and love uh, that he wants to bring us healing. And it doesn't, you know, a lot of um, our brokenness may need, um, uh, let's see, how do you say this? Deliverance in the form of uh, oppression or, you know, we might have, we might be struggling with uh, depression or anxiety, things like that. But when God comes in and meets us where we are, then through his grace, through that healing, through meeting us, we're set free, free to live a life that God created us to live. And then year two, it goes into power evangelization, something that I think um, many Catholics are not comfortable doing. We go out to the streets, we go door to door. And we uh, talk about, invite people into a relationship with Christ. We go to the malls. We just start encountering people that God highlights to us and just loving on them. It's just a conversation. It's very simple. What, what students were um, anxious about before we did it, they were so filled with joy when they came back because they saw God move and he moved mountains first in their heart and then moved um, people's hearts to be open to the possibility of this relationship with Christ. Quarter six is advanced ministry training. We talk about the other things that, um, you know, God may have for us, whether that's starting a prayer ministry in a church, whether that's, um, you know, what that might look like um, is very different, but it all goes back to quarter one 
the intimacy with God, um, having that conversation with God and being open to how he's moving you and where he's leading you. Quarter seven, one of my favorite quarters, intimacy with God. Um, it's all about going deeper with him. We, we press into the song of songs and, and who was David, the heart of David, the heart of worship. It's a beautiful quarter about just really diving deeper, going deeper. And then quarter eight, it ends with leadership and deployment where we've developed this through the two years, uh, a strong connection with the Lord being moved by him. Uh, risking stepping out in faith. And then we're praying for God, why did you create me? What is the kingdom dream that you created me for? And so at the end of the year, they then share what their kingdom dream is. What has brought them this far? How has God led them? How is he moving them? And then when they graduate, many of them are going off and doing, you know, maybe um, starting a ministry at their church or doing street ministry or going down to Green Lake and praying with people there or starting another campus or, you know, of the school of ministry. It's very different. Or maybe it's just um, evangelizing the people in the pew next to them and just sharing God's infinite love in a way that they haven't heard before. So it's, it's, very unique to each person, but the beauty in the school is watching people's lives transformed by these classes. And when students would come and say, Deb, I don't hear God like you hear God or like one of the other teachers hear God, or, you know, I, I don't feel called to like pray for people like I've never prayed for someone and and God healed them and it's like but we don't pray that they would be healed for our sake we pray um, that God would move and we trust that God is moving and so we step out and then they come back and they're like oh my gosh you know I for the first time heard God or I prayed for so and so and she felt better and it's those aha moments, those encounters, those marked times in their lives where they thought they couldn't, but God shows up as he always does um, in his kindness, in his love, and he meets them in this desire of their heart and he moves and they're forever changed. So it's a beautiful, it's been a beautiful two years that the Seattle campus has been um, open running at St. Stephen the Martyr. That's uh, Deb Johnson. Deborah's uh, with me today. She is uh, the one who is in charge of the school here in um, in Seattle, the school director, and has been sharing a little bit about the, the overarching two-year program, which is the Encounter School of Ministry. When we come back, Deborah's going to have a chance, Deborah, um, for folks that are listening to this, that two-year journey sounds amazing when you just mapped out the different stages and how that touches people's lives. And I'm going to ask for some stories to help kind of plunge a little bit deeper into those stages. But there's also, for those of you who are like, you know what, I'm ready to dive off the, the high dive board into the deep end in one weekend, you'll have a chance to do that as well coming up in just over a week. 
uh, beginning on, uh, on Friday. Coming up, there's this intensive weekend, the 22nd of July, and all day on Saturday. We'll talk about that, though, in a minute on Sound Insight. Please stay tuned. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. I'm joined today by Deb Johnson. Deborah is the, uh, the director of the School of Ministry, the Encounter School of Ministry here in the Archdiocese of Seattle, one of the many um, campus satellites that um, is uh, forming Catholics today for uh, an expectant faith, not only to receive healing, to experience it within themselves, but to become ministers of God's healing power through the release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, where signs and wonders and deeds of power happen not only in the scriptures, not only to saints, but here now and today in the life of the church. And Deborah, welcome back to the program. It's great to have you on. Um, so Deborah, um, when Thanks. I say... When I say that stuff out loud, that signs and wonders and deeds of power still happen today, it's something that is very foreign to many Catholics. It, for, most of, uh, for most Catholics, for most of their lives, the idea that God would move in a miraculous way, in a supernatural way, in their lives, but then through their lives, that somehow Jesus Christ is going to continue his ministry of healing, of manifesting and demonstrating his kingdom in the world today, that that's something that isn't um, common, commonly expected, or commonly experienced. Now, I know that um, Encounter is traced back in part to uh, Dr. Mary Healy and her time at uh, Sacred Heart uh, Seminary in Detroit. And she had a young seminarian who became a priest, Father Matthias Thalen, and uh, it something. There's a story there that ended up changing the entire direction of his priesthood. Do you do you know that story? Uh, can you tell some of the story of of the founding of Encounter? Just to because uh, I know that Mary Healy has come out to um, to Saint Stephen the Martyr as part of the gift conferences we had. We had her there one time. She told the story of her coming to a whole new level of expectant faith, of signs and wonders happening around her, and she was in awe of it. But then there was this sense of participating in this anointing that God would actually work through her in that way. And then she began to minister in this ministry of signs and wonders right there at St. Stephen the Martyr. This was now, I don't know, five or six, seven years ago. And, um, and, and then all of a sudden, within a couple of years, the Encounter School of Ministry was up and running, and it was here in Western Washington. So I know there are some stories that uh, behind the scenes for all of this, but um, I, I threw a lot at you there. Uh, so Deb, where do, where do you want to pick up and, and sort of tell the story of the, the beginnings of Encounter or of Father Matthias? We. Father Matthias, Father Matthias and Patrick Rice, they are the founders of Encounter Ministries. And it was through their relationship, Father um, running a parish and met Patrick Rice, who was then a youth minister. And just their hunger to awaken um, that people would just come alive in Christ and, and feeling like, there's got to be more. There's more to this. 
And they both began pressing in and Father Matthias, he does have a beautiful story of which I cannot recount and give it any justice. So I don't want to try. Um, but it was through their friendship, Patrick's and Father Matthias, they're, they're searching. And Father Matthias has this beautiful quote. He says, although we understand that signs, wonders, and miracles are not the whole gospel, we're convinced that the gospel is not whole without them. And I love that because in their search for the more, they encountered a God so alive and moving and their hunger to see people's lives transformed by this passionate God who loves us and knows us, they had to know more. So they continued to press in. They um, worked, they did a, a mission trip actually with Randy Clark, who Dr. Mary Healy wrote a book with Randy Clark and, um, it was through that mission trip that something was unlocked in them and this hunger, they saw God move. They saw lives change. They saw blind eyes open and deaf ears opened and um, that encounter ministries began. That's how it began. And Dr. Mary Healy is the curriculum advisor. So all of the curriculum has been, gone through, like I said earlier, and it is very Catholic. Yeah, Deborah, just, you know, to say that out loud, I think is it's a beautiful thing because it's, it's something that um, for so many of us Catholics, we sometimes leave on the sidelines. And uh, it's something interesting, Deb, because over here uh, in the Spokane area um, and in Northern Idaho, I'm meeting more and more folks who have a background, a history of connection to the Catholic Charismatic Renewal or a more recent connection with the Encounter School of Ministry coming from the West Side, from where you are. And there's this, uh, it's, it's God bringing folks together and saying, where's the, where's, where's the Charismatic Prayer Meeting? Where are Catholics gathering together to praise and worship? Where are the Catholics coming together with expectant faith that the Lord is going to begin to unleash signs and wonders here in this area? There are so many hungry Catholics that are around that Kerry and I, we're, it, it, it just, it's, it's like overtaken us. It's like, oh, this isn't us planning anything. It's something that we've said, you know what, we've just got to create a space to have Catholics come together to praise and worship. We have to do more to introduce more Catholics to the reality of the gifts of the Spirit, to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, in, a, in fully Catholic ways, to be able to help Catholics come to the experience the whole gospel, including the power of the Holy Spirit unleashed in their lives. So we are starting a prayer meeting, something as simple as that to let Catholics come together and just have some good solid teaching over the course of a number of weeks, basically kind of like an advanced version of the life in the spirit seminar to help Catholics come to a grounding in some of those very same themes that you're talking about in a summer intensive 
um, for the two-year encounter school of ministry or in this summer intensive that's coming up. So I don't know. It's like, it really does seem like God is like reawakening the, uh, the renewal to a fresh sense of um, expected faith and hunger. That's what I'm seeing. Are you sensing or seeing anything like that um, on the West side in the Archdiocese of Seattle? Yes. And I think that a lot of people have experiences, but they don't have a context in, in which to place those experiences. So, you know, they'll say, oh gosh, I had this happen. And, and they'll talk to someone and they'll say, I have no idea like what that is or what's going on. And yet we read about, you know, when we read about the lives of the saints, they live, they were ordinary people that lived extraordinary lives. They were moved and marked by encounters with God. So if it happened then, why would it not be happening now? And so when people come, it's giving people the context to open up and share uh, things that are happening in their lives that will pray with them and say, maybe that was this. Maybe that was a word of knowledge. Maybe that was God trying to speak to you in this way. Um, and that's why for people that are on the fence or don't know like what this is, some people have a bad taste in their mouth for charismatic, you know, when you use the word charismatic, which is sad because these gifts God intended that we were all, that we would all be moved by the charismatic gifts. But there's a, a connotation that has been attached over years of, you know, whatever experiences that people had. But to see the Encounter School of Ministry give it new meaning, new context. Um, for people that come, we had many people year one when the school started saying, I'll come for one quarter. I'm just going to check it out. I'm just going to see. And at the end of two years, they were sharing testimonies of their one quarter turned into two, turned into eight. Now they're graduating because God did something in them. He moved them and and, and was growing in them this, gosh, I can have this conversation with this God that I can't see, but I know that he's with me and he's intimately connected to me. So people that are on the fence in the summer intensive Friday night, we're going to talk about identity and transformation. It's quarter one. And we actually teach curriculum from the school. So it's not just a, a brief overview it's actual content from the school. There will be worship very much like we have at school. Then on Saturday morning, we start with quarter two, hearing God in the prophetic gifts. Saturday afternoon will be quarter three, power and healing, two more classes. Each quarter, we're going to teach two classes. And then uh, we will break for dinner and uh, the Saturday vigil mass. And then we'll come back and we'll close it out with quarter four inner healing and freedom. So they really get an idea of what the curriculum is, what we talk about, what we cover, the biblical basis, uh, the catechism of the Catholic Church, the saints. And, and one of the things that's really unique to encounter, we, we teach, 
so you hear what, what, um, you hear the content, but then we activate what we taught. So we're going to put it into action in quarter one. We're going to do, you know, um, an, a guided meditation, so to speak, or quarter two, hearing God in the prophetic, we're actually going to activate how does God speak to me? What is the primary way that I hear God? Is it knowing? Is it a scene? Do I see pictures? Do I hear him? Uh, Do I sense him? Like, what is that? You know, God speaks to us in so many different ways and in nature and um, just in our daily lives. So we we apply what we learn and then we activate it in the in the students that are there and it's such a beautiful way and it really uh, usually at the end people are like oh my gosh this was so good and it gets them ready for the next one so it's a beautiful concept that encounter again um created to give people that immersive uh content so that they can discern more um, more deeply, have a better basis to understand what would this two-year commitment be like. So today I'm talking with uh, Deb, Deborah Johnson. Deb is the, the director of the School of Ministry, the Encounter School of Ministry, and there's a two-day intensive coming up. It, it begins on Friday, July 22nd, six in the evening until nine, and then it continues on all day Saturday, the 23rd. And you can register for that by going to EncounterSchool.org, EncounterSchool.org, EncounterSchool's all one word, .org. And you can follow the links there to the Seattle Summer Intensive coming up beginning on July 22nd. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that As a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. So today I'm talking with uh, Deb, Deborah Johnson. Deb is the, the director of the School of Ministry, the Encounter School of Ministry. And Deb, I want to dive into some of the, um, the difference that it makes to experience God's healing power, right? Um, so you mentioned the word inner, inner healing. And people hear inner healing, and they're not sure what that means. When I think of healing, um, most Catholics would think of physical healing. So when, when you describe something as inner healing, what would be an example of something that would be healed as part of that category? And then what, what happens as a result of that healing? What, what changes? And if you have an example of that, either in your own life or from a testimony that you've witnessed someone experience inner healing, what's that like? You know, in Psalm 147, three, it says, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And that's what this quarter is based on. We all carry things from uh, our past, you know, whether uh, we struggled in school and you have a feeling of inadequacy, 
or you had a difficult childhood or you didn't connect with a parent and so you have you know parental wounds or whatever it is it 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 carries with us and so when we are set free we hey Deb, let me do this i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to cut yeah. you off cuz i'm going to have you dig in even more concretely you say parental wounds give me an example of a parental okay. wound um because I so think of something like, had. I think of someone that's like, your, your, your mother says to you, I wish you were never born, or I can't believe how much of a disappointment you are to me, or um, harsh, maybe not that dramatic, but harsh language was the typical uh, way that someone was brought up. They weren't brought up in a home that was very affirming or celebratory of who they are, but nothing seemed to be good enough. Or, you know, that, that for me would be an example of words that hurt, that came from a mom or a dad. That would be one example of a wound that many people carry into adulthood that they just think, you know what, my mom did the best she could, but that's all that she had because of what happened to her in her life. And so she was just giving what she had received. And I know that she loved me in her own weird way, but you know what? It is what it is. I think a lot of Catholics carry those kind of wounds into adulthood. Yes, I agree. I think that that, that is true. So we would probably go back and say, okay, so um, your mother said that, you know, like you'll never amount to, to anything or you're so stupid or, you know, whatever that wound was that they, that they're carrying. Um, so one, we invite Jesus into the conversation into that and they're leading it we facilitate it but they're inviting jesus into it jesus where were you when this happened and so we're asking them to go back to that and then we're talking about forgiveness forgiveness is a choice and unforgiveness often puts us in a prison so when we can forgive someone else it doesn't mean that it was okay but we give um, in the in the forgiveness. We're allowing God to come in and heal them and heal us by letting letting that go. Forgiveness is a choice. Um, and then we ask them, okay, can you say I choose to forgive? And it's a choice that they can make. And sometimes it's so deep they can't yet go there. So then we pray uh, for the grace. And the desire, God, give me the desire to want to forgive. Because sometimes it comes through a process. And then we talk about the lies. You know, what are the lies that you believed from what happened to you? And then we ask Jesus, Jesus, what is the truth about that? And it's all about a conversation. We're walking with them through a conversation that they're asking the Lord and then the Lord is is speaking into that. Sometimes there are soul ties that are attached to that, that we need to break soul ties to be set free. Sometimes there are things that, um, you know, oppressive spirits that we need to bind up um, so that God has the greater access, has the only access to our heart. And we, we close the doors on anything that's not of God. And through it all, it's all about the conversation 
taking place between what we call the supplicant, the person we're praying with, uh, and, and the Lord and what he's doing. And then at the end, we talk about, okay, what are the, um, where do we go from here? God, what's your heart? And it's all about encountering the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit leads that inner healing session. When we talk about power and healing, praying for physical healing, it's very different. It's, it's often uh, much more quick. When we talk about inner healing and freedom, it's deep. Those sessions are one and a half to two hours at length. And we train the students how to lead people through a session. We have a leader who is that facilitator who is working with the, with the supplicant. And then we have a scribe. And so they're writing down the things that they're saying, what lies they believed, and then what truth the Lord gave them in return. And then we give that to them at the end. And that becomes part of their prayer, you know, moving forward. I mean, there is such, you come in feeling um, sometimes without hope, sometimes in despair, sometimes really not knowing what God, you know, why, why this has been happening to you. And they leave feeling hopeful joy-filled, um, that they encountered the Lord and he met them where they were and the lies that they believed have now been transformed uh, with the truth of where God was and what he says, which is what changes our whole outlook, our whole being. When we um, start to say, you know, what the world says about you doesn't matter. It's what God says who you are, you know, that, that he loves you, that he's with you, that he'll never yes. forsake you. That's Deb Johnson talking with me today. Deb, thanks for just sort of walking us through a little bit of a journey, a little bit, just kind of skimming along the, some of the steps in the process of experiencing inner healing. That it's a deep, the deep healing of wounds that come from our past, and we all carry them. We're not always aware of them, and we're certainly not aware of the impacts that they have on our lives. And then when we do become aware of them, we don't know how to get out of them. And so the Lord hasn't left us orphans. He hasn't left us without wisdom and guidance to be able to experience healing. One of the great gifts that I've, I believe that the Lord offers to us today through the Charismatic Renewal is a, a recovery and a deepening of things like inner healing. We're up against a break. When we come back, more with Deb Johnson, the director of the Encounter School of Ministry here in the Archdiocese of Seattle. Back in a minute with more Sound Insight. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Okay, back to Sound Insight. 
Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. I'm with uh, Deb Johnson. Deborah is in charge of the director of the School of Encounter School of Ministry. And there's an intensive, uh, an Encounter School of Ministry summer intensive that begins a week from Friday, July 22nd, and continues on to July the 23rd. And one of the things, Deborah, that you are making clear is that not only is it going to provide like solid teaching, so it'll be something that you can reflect on and it'll help deepen your faith. It'll do so in a way that has an application to life and an application to life that isn't, let's just call it practical from the standpoint of let me go implement something that's outside myself. No, it'll be in fact, potentially completely transformative. I, I love Deb, when I think about healing in the scriptures, the scripture that uh, the one, I think probably the primary one that I think of for inner healing is John 11. It's the raising of Lazarus from the dead. And especially yeah. at the end where the dead Lazarus is now resurrected, he's revived, resuscitated, and he's called out. And then Jesus says, unbind him and let him go free. And it's that process of being unbound, a strip at a time, a strip at a time, that gradually, gradually, Lazarus becomes set free. And, and again, he's all bound up, so he can't even move, but he slowly is able to begin to move. Now, when I think about something like inner healing in my life, it would be a healing from the need to be sarcastic or caustic or harsh and an uh, unbinding of a capacity to be affirming and celebratory and positive in how I speak. It would be an unbinding of a fear and a doubt and a cloudiness in my sense of, is God here and will God come through for us? Will God rescue me? To a radical sense of trust and confidence. I know him. I trust him. He is faithful to his promises. He's not going to let us down. And that, that's inner transformation. That is inner healing that leads to a new kind of freedom to live our life of faith. I think that, that like, that's the kind of thing that, folks, you can begin to experience by coming to a school of ministry like Encounter. Whether you're coming to the intensive a week from Friday and Saturday, or whether you, as a result of that, enter into this two-year program, it's that you will become a sign and wonder, not just learn about signs and wonders, or even be a vessel for communicating signs and wonders that God is at work through you to bring healing to others. No, that you actually will become a sign and a wonder. I think, Deb, of Mark 3. Mark chapter 3 is the story of the man with the withered hand in the, in the, in the synagogue who Jesus calls out, says, rise and come forward, brings him out, stands him in the middle, and then he heals that, that, um, that uh, withered hand and then literally becomes a sign and a wonder for others because he was healed of his withered hand existence. And so I believe, yes. Deb, that too many Catholics live a withered hand existence. 
And as a result of that, um, are being held back from the fullness of what God has for them. But instead, the Lord is inviting Catholics to a, um, a fullness of their own lives so that they can, uh, by be, being signs and wonders, be expressive of the freedom and the joy and the life and the peace that the Lord intends for us. What do you think about that? I love the way that you said that, because I think that that's exactly what happens when you go through the school, people are transformed and their lives are a sign and a wonder. Here's a perfect example. We as Catholics have the mass, we have rosaries, we have devotions, and we often hear needs. So-and-so was diagnosed with cancer or so-and-so's you know, husband or wife just died or they lost their job. And we offer, um, you know, we'll offer the mass, we'll offer our communion, we'll say a rosary for them. Those are all beautiful things. But it's so beautiful in the moment to say, you know what, let's pray. And people are caught off guard. Oh, right now? You want to pray right now? And it's like, yeah, let's pray. And then we just invite them in that moment to invite Jesus into it, where two or more gathered in, in his name. He is there in their midst. So we acknowledge his, his presence with us. And we just share, you know, what's on their heart. And together we join hearts and lift that burden, that uh, need, that that request to the Lord and believe uh, when he says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open, that his word is true, that he does want us to ask and that we will find. So so we lift that up. We did a uh, healing mass at a parish and this very sweet lady came up and and uh, she was an elderly lady, and she said, you know, I'm going to have heart surgery uh, tomorrow. And would you just pray for uh, the surgeon? And I said, well, how about we pray? You don't even need the surgery. And she, like, looked at me like I was crazy, <laughs> which maybe I was in the moment. And it just came out of me, though. Um, and she said, well... He could do that, but I think we should just pray that the surgeon has a good day. And so, you know, is that a mindset that we don't believe that God would move or um, like, I just haven't thought of that like that in that way. And so we prayed that she, um, that the surgeon would be on. We prayed for God's, you know, presence to be with him. But we also prayed that, God, you have complete freedom to move and bring healing to her heart, every area of her heart. I didn't see her again for a number of years. I ran into her again, and I said, how did that? I said, the last time I saw you, we prayed for your heart. You were going in to have surgery the next day. She goes, I went in, and they said I didn't need to have surgery. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I mean, so she was flabbergasted, you know, like, yeah, I didn't have to have the surgery. But it's like, you know, when God moves us, he often, that moving in our hearts stirs something in us, and then he stirs in someone else's. And that's that supernatural sign that we become um, to other people, you know, or at the grocery store. 
I call that expectant faith. And it's, I think we expect so little of God. We expect so little from God. And I think sometimes it's because we think that God expects so little from us. And I think we are so, we live a sad existence when we live like that, that if we only had this sense of expectant faith, and that's what we pray for, we pray for a release of expectant faith, then all of a sudden God becomes, you know, big and God becomes daily engaged with us and divine appointments can happen and you don't know what's going to happen today. And, oh my goodness, let's go. Let's go, Lord. What, what's God going to do? This is an exciting adventure now. Who knows what's going to be asked of us today when we pray in our own prayer time, when we go and move out into the, in the course of our day. So this is where power evangelism comes in. Lord, I say yes in advance. Whatever you want to do, come and do it through me. Let's go. And then, you know, what God's going to do in me, God's going to go through do, do through me. There's no limit. And all of a sudden, there's this amazing adventure. But if we don't, if we stay within that, the comfortable container of, well, God does heal today through medicine and doctors. Oh, and he does. But that's it? That's all yeah. the divine physician's doing today? No, no, no. There's so much more. Well, Deb, believe it or not, we are getting very close to the end of our program. And so I want to thank you, Deb Johnson, Deborah Johnson. She is the, again, the director of the School of Ministry, the Encounter School of Ministry. And one more time, I want to encourage you to go to EncounterSchool.org, EncounterSchool.org. Look up the Seattle satellite site. And the Seattle site, you'll see the summer intensive coming up a week from Friday, July 22nd at St. Stephen the Martyr Catholic Church in Renton. Friday night and all day Saturday. You can register right there. There'll be a link to the site, encounterschool.org forward slash Seattle. Deb, thank you so much for being with me today on Sun Insight. Thank you so much, Tom. God bless you and your family. <laughs>